1: entrepreneurs helping to diversify the industry.
0: This week on Business of the Beat. When I look at our industry in the space of beauty and all of the incredible talent that looks like me, women and men who have black or brown skin, and the fact that we are still such a small percentage of that opportunity doesn't make sense to me.
1: And with that, let's get into it with today's guest, Nikaio Greco. I can't wait to talk to Nikaio about allyship her new venture, and her beauty company, Nikeo Beauty.
0: Welcome, Nikeo. Aw, thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you.
1: Oh my gosh, I so appreciate you. So let's get to some bragging rights. Nikeo is the founder of Nikeo, prestige skincare products inspired by beauty secrets, she discovered through her family, friends, and world travels. Nakeo is a first-generation American of Kenyan descent, award winner, just an amazing inspiration to me. And and every time I talk to Nakeo, I just get inspired and excited about everything that she's doing. So, Nakeo, let's just jump in. Let's talk about beauty. I mean, when I think about you, I'm like, you are a true beauty maverick, maven, guru.
0: Aww. And you've been
1: it's true it's true and you've been passionate from a really young age like
0: how did your beauty journey start yeah so you know my beauty journey really kind of started when i was 8 years old um i'm a first generation american of kenyan descent i was born in new york i was raised in oklahoma but at the age of eight, my parents took me to Kenya for the first time to meet my grandparents. My grandmother, Nikeo, was a Kenyan coffee farmer and a matron at a boarding school. And so she taught me my first beauty secret using Kenyan coffee and sugar cane that she grew on her farm to exfoliate her skin. So that's definitely when my beauty journey began. And my grandfather, who was a medicine man, passed away before I got the chance to know him but he had the power to kind of go out in nature and extract oils to treat the skin and to treat many ailments and you know my whole life growing up here in the states my mom would kind of apply these beauty traditions and these beauty recipes and rituals um you know using oil on my hair on my skin and so it's kind of all I ever knew is like these kind of powerful ingredients that come from the earth to treat the skin was the best way to do it and so you know, while, you know, I was young, I wasn't necessarily, I was a fan of everything my mom wanted me to do. But, um, you know, when it came to beauty, um, I really just fell in love with it. And so, you know, as I got older and, and kind of had this wisdom from my family, I also realized that the continent of Africa was very underrepresented um here in the western world and I just wanted to be able to bring those timeless beauty secrets to everyone and so I started my brand.
1: Oh my gosh, it's it's so funny because in business school when you think about your most, you know, your MVP, your most viable product like what is it going to be and what's the white space in the market and yours mm-hmm. is just so natural and organic because you grew mm-hmm. up with it you saw your family and sometimes people spend so long before they can launch trying to get their there there and i just mm-hmm. i love your story because it is so deeply personal and it's rooted in merging of cultures right and yes, and absolutely. How do you think yeah. And, I, and I, even being, you know, the first generation American, there's something so there's just like pride in that and history and heritage. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. Were, right. And, and when you were launching, were people like, what was that journey like to launch with something so new and then tracing it back to, to Kenya, being in America, being mm-hmm. in
0: Oklahoma? <laughs> Gosh, it was it was such an interesting time. You know, when I right before I started my brand, you know, I had moved out here um, after graduating from college and I worked in the entertainment industry and had worked at a, a big agency and then moved on to a management company. And, you know, what I really found in the business that I loved the most was working directly with actresses. And so when you are working in kind of a management capacity with actresses, you have a lot of products that come across your desk. And so, you know, while I loved it, I'm such a, you know, beauty fanatic. I loved being able to you know, explore all of the, of the incredible beauty, um, products that would come across our desk as well as like be a part of, you know, campaigns and things that the actresses that, you know, or being on set with them and being in the makeup trailers and all of that. And I, you know, what I found was that, um, many cultures were represented in, in beauty here, you know, you would find beautiful products, you know, celebrating French beauty, um, celebrating you know tons of european cultures actually but very rarely and this is the early 2000s did you ever see anything celebrating africa or ingredients from africa and and every now and then when you would find a product that would speak to africa they would do it in this really kitschy way like an animal print or something and and that's not what i knew africa to be you know i was fortunate enough that I got to go spend this time with my family in Kenya as a young girl. And and I only knew Africa to be this place that was so sophisticated, so lush, so green, so beautiful. But more importantly, that people from this part of the world, um, from the cradle of civilization, had the healthiest glow, the most beautiful skin. And I thought it was so crazy that here we are in America with access to everything and that people weren't celebrating Africa in that way. And so, you know, when I started the brand, it was, you know, I was 27. I was, you know, teaching myself how to be an entrepreneur, learning how to raise capital for the first time. You know, I didn't get my MBA. I graduated from business school to business marketing degree, but, you know, thought eventually I'd go back to go to business school or law school, but ended up working in Hollywood. And, and I feel like that's your own version of an MBA. Um okay. And so I, you know, really wanted to be able to just celebrate Africa and sell and and share these secrets and share, you know, and I I thought it was sort of silly that like, wow, why are there no, you know, face oils in the market? Like, don't people know that oil is the best way to treat your skin? You know, so in, in some ways, I think it was a little almost too far ahead of its time because it was the early 2000s and it was a lot to bring to market at at one time, like this cultural representation, this new product forms, using coffee and skincare, you know, all of that. But it also was such a great time for indie beauty and niche beauty. This was the time of Stila and hard candy. And so all of a sudden people were kind of moving away from department store counters and becoming, you know, kind of their own curators of beauty and discovery within niche. So it was a good time to launch at that time because people were really looking to discover newness.
1: Well, and I think that's what what it is. Like, it's hard sometimes when you're so innovative and when it's so personal because Mm -hmm. the market uh, catch up to you. But it was Mm -hmm. important launched when you did, because you were able to come out with something, you know, that was different, that was unique, but then also solved so many problems. And I think sometimes now, you know, the market does get crowded with people trying to capture. We can talk about, you know, cultural appropriation and all of those things. Mm, Yeah. That about seeing it being there and connecting. And it's so funny because I've had, you know, people as a black woman before growing up, it's like your lips are this, your lips are that. And mm-hmm. I have embraced them as we see, especially in certain Hollywood circles. It's a whole thing, right? Even, you know, your products and having that lip scrub and like being able to feel confident
0: in mm-hmm.
1: in my mouthpiece. <laughs> right, right,
0: right. You know, celebrating it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that is one of the most beautiful um parts of, of, you know, and living today, right. And having the history of I mean, I remember being a little girl and wishing that my lips were thinner, or, you know, that my eyebrows were thinner, all of the things that um, yes, that now like, <laughs> gosh, I embrace and Gosh, I wish I never messed with my eyebrows and that they were still had that great thickness they had. I say that to my kids all the time, like my daughter, don't you ever mess with those eyebrows. Um, but yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when you speak to like cultural appropriation, like, yes, hands down. I mean, there were it's interesting. You know, I was speaking to someone recently about beauty and, and ingredients, um, which I tend to speak about a lot because I've done so much research and in, in ingredients, not just that come from Africa, but across the globe um, in this, you know, 18 year journey of mine. And, you know, just simple things like, you know, people have been using shea butter for in, in the Western world. So when I said, you know, people weren't celebrating Africa, I didn't say that they weren't using African ingredients. They just weren't necessarily giving the credit to the continent right. that cultivated these ingredients. Yes. So giving the credit. Yeah. So so for me, you know, it wasn't that, you know, the newness was, oh, my gosh, she's discovered this miracle ingredient from Africa. It's that I was I was cultivating a brand to celebrate a culture of efficacious, strong, powerful ingredients that have been used literally since the beginning of time and and well, tying it yeah. back to my own authentic story.
1: Well, and I think it's like the celebrate. The word celebrate, it's just so powerful. And I think it's when you're, you're coming through the lens of this isn't just done from a commercial perspective. We didn't bring together a research panel and then say, oh, this is what's missing. We're going to manufacture right. it. It came right. from a place of like, celebrating and cultivating and that you actually witnessed it. And I I Mm -hmm. think, you know, the other great thing too is that people try so hard to chase so many ingredients
0: and Mm -hmm. so many
1: things. And you said it, you're like, I literally am looking at my family and everyone wants to say black don't crack, but it's kind of Mm -hmm. more than that. It's like what, and people now want to talk about the ingredient story, but because Mm -hmm. of where your ingredient story started, it's natural mm-hmm. for you to see the nuance
0: and the differences of like what's happening there versus here, and that you don't need all of it. Right, right, right. Yeah, and and it, it was also an interesting time um, because I would speak to you know natural and coming from the earth and used since the beginning of time. You know, in two thousand and two, when I launched Nikko Beauty. Nobody was really referring to anything as clean, right? Like right. it was just this is all I know. It I always is. joke that like clean beauty is not a trend to me. It's like in my DNA, it it's really, all yeah. I know. It's that you it don't is. want to put a bunch of chemicals all over your skin. You actually want things that come from the earth. And so, yeah. And and when I think about, about being a little ahead of its time, it wasn't that I was just this like epic, epic innovator. It was that 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 authenticity really, um, was at the core of, of why, you know, I didn't come from a beauty background. I don't have a science background. Um, but what I did have was just this plethora of knowledge and wisdom and, and proof is in the pudding by looking at my best test market, my family and their beautiful skin and, and knowing that, you know, this stuff works. Well,
1: and I think that that's really, you know, a good segue. I love how you talk about authenticity at the core and, mm-hmm. you know, we can give the accolades for Nikkeo. It's an amazing product. You're at Target.
0: Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Yes, i at Target. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh my
1: gosh. That was a dream. It's journey. a dream
0: realized. Yes. Yeah, quite a journey, but so happy to be there.
1: So happy. and And when you talk about authenticity and knowledge and wisdom and family, one of the things that we talked about um, in the podcast earlier in our daily beauty report was allyship and really mm. understanding the benefits of allyship, you know, of course, in your daily personal journey. But really, mm-hmm. whenever you're trying to build a brand and allyship, right. as you said, can come in the form of your family, it can come mm-hmm. in the form of friends. But I truly believe that there's nothing we can do in success that does not include a brain trust of allies that support you and lift you up. So Absolutely. I'm excited about your new venture that is Yay. literally launching, like right now. We're like in the first. Right now, launch. I know. <laughs> it's so it's, it's great. So so tell tell us. I,
0: I don't want to steal your thunder, but it's called um, Thirteen Loon. <laughs> it's called Thirteen Loon. Yes, it's so 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 exciting, and you know just as an entrepreneur, you know, I, I often preach, you know, entrepreneurs are not one trick ponies. And so it's, it's, it's so exciting to be, um, launching co-launching, um, my next business. And yes, it's called 13 loon. Um, loon is moon in French and there are 13 moons in an astrological calendar. So I find the magic in that. Um, and yeah, this, this company 13 loon um, you know really is an inception of uh, mine and my co-founder Patrick herning um, he's a co-founder or he's the founder of 11 on array which is an inclusive sizing platform and and really I believe was this pioneer that really kind of came to the market first with getting luxury brands to um, create sizing for for women of all sizes and he's had great success with that and inclusivity is is something he's deeply passionate about. It's something I'm deeply passionate about. So kind of long before this last pinnacle of the heightened um, moment that we've been living in with Black Lives Matter, we had come together um, really because of our passion for inclusivity. So when we speak about allyship, you know, here I am, a black woman, a black beauty founder, a first generation American. Patrick is a is a, a white male um man, uh gay man, um, you know, we really bonded over the fact that, you know, and this is pre-2020, that um right. the only way that we were gonna really be able to experience from a business perspective true unity is to become allies of one another. And so right. in discussing, you know, what does that look like in in a business partnership, where do we find our strengths, where do we speak to our own authentic journeys and, and step into our purpose. And so I'll speak of myself, which is, I am a black beauty founder and I have been for almost two decades. And while I am so grateful for all of the stops and starts and wins and challenges I've had in my life. One thing that I think didn't really hit me until my forties is that, wow, This trajectory has been my trajectory, and it's been my journey, and I'm grateful for every step of it. But a lot of the challenges that I faced that I actually looked at as my own personal failures, maybe at times in my life, may actually have had nothing to do with that. And I mean everything from challenges with finding retail distribution in my early days, challenges a 100% with you know funding and and finding the capital to take my business to the next um space and even challenges around you know it's it, i it took me until my 40s to realize this that like with many of my colleagues and allies in this business having the idea and i mean my non-brown and black allies and friends um in the business just having an idea opened doors for them where my doors are opened only after proving myself, right? Yes. Only yes. after getting to a certain number, mm-hmm. only after being, you yes. know, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And so while a large part of that has to do with just being a woman, period, Yeah. Um, a great part of that has to do with being a black woman. And so yes. when I look at our industry and in the space of beauty and all of the incredible talent that looks like me, Women who have women and men who have black or brown skin, and the fact that we are still such a small percentage of that opportunity, right, of all of the things that I for mentioned, um, just doesn't make sense to me. And so, what I realize, my purpose, my true purpose, as much as I am passionate about my brand and will continue to carry Nakao, is forever more, hopefully, for my kids to have one day. Um, is that my purpose is really helping people who, who look like me, um, get to success quicker and having the experiences that I've had. And then we move into 2020 and, you know, we've dealt with a lot of heartbreak. We've dealt with having to really look, you know, racism in the face in in a way Mm -hmm. within, especially within our industry that we never have before. But the hopeful part of it is that um, there's the opportunity now to really listen. And so 13 Loon was born because I was just listening and Patrick was just listening over the course of the last six months. And, And one thing that I realized is that with all of this incredible talent, all of these incredible brands, why is there not a contextual commerce platform where they all live? When, right. after George Floyd died and so many of us, black founders, um, were showing up on lists, top 20 to buy, top 50 black owned brands or black founded brands to buy. You would go to these articles, you would see all of our brands and then yeah. you'd have to go to about 55 different sites in order to shop <laughs> us, right? Different. And so. Yes. You know, 13 Loon was born of the fact that we wanted to create a place where we could amplify, celebrate and curate some of the most incredible products um, created by black and brown founders because they deserve that spotlight. But it's also, to your point, a place where allyship lives, because without allyship and unity, none of us can win. And in no business, I believe, and I can say this with 100% certainty, no business that is coming to market or existing in market right now that does not have a plan to honor and celebrate unity and a plan to beyond being multicultural, and I say that with quotes, to implement authentic celebration of all founders of all colors is not set up for success. And so we wanted to create a space where we could not only honor and celebrate these black and brown founders and curate these incredible brands, but a place where our allies could also come and serve our customer as well. I am just getting chills as you talk
1: about that, because it is so true. Without allyship and unity, no business can win. And when you talk through... The journey that you've had 20 years as a black business founder and to be female and this notion that you look at other people who don't look like us, who can have Mm -hmm. an idea, who can get a seat at the table and walk out with checks. And that's not our reality. We have to prove that we always have. And as far as we've come, we still have to overcome. And so. The ability to say and I and I love what I love what you said in terms of like, this is my passion. This is my purpose. And my purpose is to change the narrative for for people who look like us to have a seat at the table to create their own brands. And I think Mm -hmm. that, again, you know, you talk about 13 moon and how you got there. You talk about having a white you know, co-founder and a white male mm-hmm. co-founder. And mm-hmm. even making that decision, it takes so much confidence in yourself mm-hmm. to say that percent. this person is going to be my ally because it doesn't right. matter what they mm-hmm. look like. What matters is that we are on a mission together to provide mm-hmm. black and brown businesses, a space to come together. And it's Absolutely. paramount because you're right. The lists were coming out like it was it was it was Black Lives Matter next day a list. And here's this list. But right. You solved the need. You were literally like, I cannot spend an hour hopping around. And and I will say, Nikhil, the other thing is that what I found is that so much of my shopping with like, you know, homeschool and this and that was happening on Amazon. My Amazon bills right. were crazy. But right. a lot of these brands that I wanted to support weren't on Amazon. Correct. So you have Correct. to search and find. And I'm just excited because I can't wait to fill up my cart with everything included. I, and, and, and it is. It's like it's the fundamental piece of I'm passionate about that. This is my purpose. Then you still mm-hmm. have to match it with the business side of beauty and right. contextual commerce and how people are shopping. And one thing right. that, that I do want to kind of speak to when you talk about like honor and celebrating allyship, what was the relationship in terms of you and your co-founder, Patrick, especially just the differences on the outside, not even on the inside right. of what your hearts were. Right.
0: But how, right. what was that? How did that come to be? What was that conversation? It, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, we both are very passionate about inclusivity and we're very passionate about not living in a divisive world, and so you know so much of our relationship has been built on listening to one another and and having compassion for one another and and I will say that Patrick you know even when we talk to you know our founders of some of these incredible brands that we 're launching. I see myself in a lot of their stories when it comes to funding and, and the frustrations of, you know, being taken seriously, not being taken advantage of, not being the token of, et cetera. Like, where Patrick will speak very passionately to, yes, he's dealt with his own, um, you know, differences in his life, but that getting in the room was never a problem for him, you know, to, to Mm -hmm. when it came to financing, et cetera, et cetera. And by listening to one another and seeing the differences in one another's lives, we're able to come together to create a space to drown out some of that noise and, and Mm -hmm. not allow this to continue. And, you know, we're both also deeply passionate in understanding that this is bigger than beauty, right? This is that the reason that for being, you know, and stepping into our purpose is that, the the quicker we can get these founders and even some of our ally founders who are not black or brown to success, but are part of the mission and understand the importance of allyship. But especially for our black and brown founders, the quicker that we can get them to success, the easier it's going to be for them to go back into the black and brown communities and help to build generational wealth. And by building generational wealth, we alleviate systemic racism, and therefore, there's no need for the divisiveness, right? Then we're on an even playing field. So that is really the true mission of Thirteen Loon. We're just doing it under the medium of beauty, which is our artistry. And well, you know, yeah. when I, yeah, you know, I've had a, a few people say to me, you know, why is it that you're having these. You know, ally brands, brands, you know, eventually that will come to the site that are not black or brown owned. And it's the same thing. It's it's the divisiveness. You know, Thirteen Loon is a platform where we are celebrating black and brown founders and and you know, servicing the black and brown community with products that are are great for melanin rich skin and textured hair, etc. But this is a space that everyone, and we want everyone to shop. And that's where allyship comes from. Um, We as black people have been told our whole lives that companies and brands that we have bought from are made for us and they're made for everyone. The same exists for black and brown founders. We are our test market. When I make any skincare product, it has to work on my skin. It has to work on the skin of my family. But the beautiful thing about a coffee face polish or... Um, you know, any face oil that's in the Nikeo brand is that it's a need-based product, right? So it can right. work on everyone's skin. And so for far too long, people have been thinking like, oh, it's black owned or it's black made, then only black people or brown people can shop it. And that's absolutely categorically untrue. Yes. yes, it is made yes. for us. We are our test market, but we make it for everyone. And so 13 Luna is also a space where I had a lot of beauty founder friends of mine come to me and, you know, this height of Black Lives Matter this past summer. And they were like, what do I do? How do how do I do this better? I, I can't just, right. you know, pop a black woman up on my Instagram page and say, hey, we make shades for you. We've been making shades for you. We just haven't been speaking to you. And so yes. what I've challenged yes. my friends that are in this business that have incredibly successful brands that are not black or brown. OK, fine. Sell me your five darkest shades on 13 Loon. i Speak to me, speak to our 13 loon woman and show her that you are speaking to her in an authentic way. Because if you do just pop up a picture of a black woman on your, on your Instagram page, we're not going to believe you. But if you come and join my movement, our movement, Mm -hmm. you will be believed and people will appreciate the fact that you are speaking to us. And so that's been really fun too, being able to curate you know, skews that will come in the future on 13 Loon from friends of mine who I've long respected in this business, who I know want to do better and be better.
1: Oh my gosh. uh, There's, uh, there's so much that you said. I'm just like, wow. And I think too, because of your longevity in beauty and even where you started in terms of Hollywood and actresses, you have this ability to bridge the world. Because you do have beauty founders who don't look like us, but who trust you and who are your real ally who want to do better. And I think that's been the hard part. It's like saying, okay, I can't just put a black woman on my Instagram. I want to do better, but I don't even know how. And I feel like we were Mm -hmm. in this moment where uh, like black people, black women in particular that I were talking to, They were like, I don't want to be, I don't want to have to give you all the answers. I don't want to write a textbook for you about why this isn't right. And and I remember being in conversations where you had some people who were like, if we don't help them, if we don't give them the tools, if we don't have the conversation, they truly Mm -hmm. don't know. And then people were like, nope, sorry, it's not my job. It's not my job to teach them. Right. And there has to be a balance. And I love what you're saying in 13 Loon, that we can take it. like. You've got people who are like, I always had 30 shades, but I didn't know how to market it. And so it kind of sat on the shelves because my other shades were selling out faster. And you're saying that, you know what, what if we took those shades and we helped you and you said it before Mm -hmm. authenticity is at the core of how you started your brand, how you've grown your career. And so authentically you can take those shades because you care. And because you know that if we just leave it to them by chance on themselves, then we're missing out a whole opportunity Mm -hmm. to actually service the consumer, which is black women and brown women who are looking for things to suit their needs. So I I love how you're bridging it and that you start with inclusivity because I, you know, we talk about inclusivity, but then if you didn't include those brands, how inclusive are you?
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And, And I've gotten a little pushback, you know, in meeting with potential investors and things, um, 413 Loon. And it's, it's my truth. It's what my real life looks like too, right? Like I've yeah. been in the beauty space and the beauty industry for, for almost 20 years. And it's, you know, there's not too many of us. So I've had to find a way to, to navigate and find true allyship um with other men and women in the space that don't look like me and and to learn how to coexist and to appreciate and honor one another. And so Um, I'm really excited for that. I'm also really excited for the 13 loon piece because, you know, I have had the opportunity to sell into national retailers. I've, I've, you know, it's taken me a long time to get to Target, but you know, I'm finally, you know, having this dream realized in my own beauty founder life. But, you know, while I love, um, all of these beautiful initiatives like, you know, Sharon Shooter's like pull up or shut up or, or the 15% pledge that are really calling people to um to stand up and step up and it's so needed i also understand as a beauty founder that just getting the shelf space is not enough right Right. especially as a black founder right so so i hope that 13 loon can also operate as somewhat of an incubator right a place where these incredible founders and i cannot wait to launch free to see these incredible brands and and the founders and and get to know them um through our platform. Um, I but can't wait. you know, I yeah. want to create a space where our, our founders are, are nurtured, are celebrated, are, are, you know, that we are really putting all of our resources behind marketing and helping our consumer get to know this person that makes this incredible vitamin C serum or this woman who makes this incredible hair product that comes from a bodega in Harlem, you know, all of that getting to know so that by the time that they get to, uh larger beauty distributor and they end up on those shelves that they're in a place of success that they can afford the marketing dollars and all that it entails to be able to really succeed. You know, I think people often think that like when you end up on the shelf at a big retailer, like that's it, you put your products up and they sell, yeah. but there's, there's <laughs> so, much, so much, so much yeah. more that has to go into it. And quite often it, it comes in the form of cash, right? That you, that yep. you have to really be able to, in some circumstances, like pay to play. And a lot of independent, underfunded, underserved, incredible beauty brands by black and brown people do not have marketing budgets to think right. about competing at all with some of their other counterparts and, and yeah. quite often white counterparts in these larger retailers. So what I'm hoping and praying is that we at 13 Loon, can really level them up to a space where they are a household name before they even hit those shelves. Oh my gosh.
1: Well, and and that is, it's it's so authentic. I know I keep saying this because you said it, but it really is like, and talk about the nurturing and the education, because I think that's, that's the biggest thing. I talk to these beauty founders and you and I are both part of Beauty United, um, yeah, really, beauty uh, you know, an organization that's bringing together, you know, beauty and wellness leaders with mentees to help them. And like the education piece, I was talking to mm-hmm. one of our mentees, a beauty founder, and she was literally just in tears because she did realize her dream of being in retail. But once she realized that and understood what it was going to take and the marketing and some of the pay for play models Mm -hmm. that happened, Mm -hmm. she was just like, it's so overwhelming because I was prepared for the win, but I wasn't prepared for what happens when you win. And so I love that part of your platform is we have to be educated. And even when you think about the history, the history in terms of like, the white brands having the space, having the opportunity. Black people as a culture haven't even had generations of being leaders of company, owning their companies, being able oh. to get investment. Right. So we can't right. look to the history to help guide right. us. So, right. right. You know, and to me, or even having
0: decision makers that, that yes. the people that are sitting, you know, in these executive roles at the, at the retailers or sitting in executive roles at the large beauty houses that manufacture these products, like there's still not enough of us in those rooms and at those seats too, to help with that decision-making and that nurturing and that education. And so that's another thing that I'm really proud about with 13 moon is even, you know, we're a small team we're we're small, but mighty, but, you know, out of the 12 or 13 of us on the team, seven of us are black women. And even, you know, having, having, you know, and, and by the way, this entire company started over zoom. I mean, we, we started ideating before COVID, but we became like everybody that's been hired, everybody that's an executive currently within 13 loon. I haven't met most of them face to face only on zoom. And for me, when I see when we, you know, we have a lot of zooms, um, putting a company together remotely. Um, but you know, when I sit on my Zooms and I count the boxes of all the different women that, you know, all of us together, first of all, it's the greatest, I always say it's the greatest yearbook photo. Greatest right? like, view. <laughs> it's, it's literally, it's a small yes. world, but, but when I, and, and it's allyship in its truest form, I actually said to um someone that is finishing up our site that we need to have a yearbook page. I want everyone to yeah. see who works at 13 Loon and, and how diverse our team is. Um, because it really speaks to allyship. But when I look at the boxes, like for me, now at 47 years old, a beauty founder of almost two decades, to be sitting there and looking at a box of wow. women that I work with, and the majority of people on the screen are, are black women, it's incredible. Everybody from our buyer, um, is a black woman wow. who has worked in incredible places like Netta Porte. Our head of community engagement is Chrissy Rutherford, who went viral. During, um, right. you know, this summer, um, after George Floyd died about having the uncomfortable conversations and, and sure. white fragility. And, you know, my publicist, um, for 13 Loon is a black woman. I mean, the woman who runs operations. I mean, it's just, it's so great because it's something I've never seen in my life. And for all of the, yeah. all of us that are on those Zooms and calls, we all start to have that same kind of nostalgic reaction and feeling in a simple conference call because we're like holy cow look at what we built and look at how we could do this over zoom in six months and get to market companies that have been around for 30 40 years come on it's not that hard to pack the table (laughs) with talented black people right so let's do it let's do it (laughs)
1: Oh my gosh. I want to see that. I want to see that yearbook photo. I'm like, I I can't wait. I'm I'm excited to be part of your community to continue to support you. I love the fact that you're thinking forward in terms of the community and to even take your team and those brands and to say, now go back and build the next generation, the next generation Mm -hmm. of people who look like us, who are going to lead us and to say Absolutely. no more can you say that the talent doesn't exist because you're really right. providing a catalyst for that. So Mikhail, I'm, I'm so honored that you're here. I'm excited Aww. to celebrate you and 13 moon. And um, we always close out the podcast with one brand that you're excited about that you want our listeners to check out. And I know you have your own, so that's totally <laughs> if there's one brand that you're like, everyone check out, what would that be?
0: Oh, my goodness. It's so hard. I, I mean, I'm such a beauty fanatic. Um, one brand. Of it could even be outside of beauty. Yeah, that's, is, true. You know, that's true. That's um, true. So, yes. Um, yes, I of course, I want you to um, check out Nakeo Beauty at Target. But um, I going to go with, because I used it this morning, I'm going to say, um, Shawnee Darden skincare. Um, I am obsessed, um, with double cleansing. So I use my cleansing balm, but I use her cleansing serum every day as well as her retinol. Um, it is so good. It's available at Sephora and at Shawnee Darden. And it's just, I'm telling you, it's like, this Miracle Glow Worker that I use like in conjunction with my other skincare. Um, I use her texture reform as a retinol reform as well. The texture reform is a little bit more gentle. Um, I'm super sensitive skin, but that texture reform, I swear by. So check out. Oh oh my gosh. And I love
1: her skincare line. I I absolutely love it. And it's good that you're mixing it um, with the serum. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and check it out. I'm thankful for you. We'll be celebrating. for you.
0: On. Oh, so proud of so, you.
1: Congrats on this as well. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. It's fun. It's like, okay, I can do this. So um, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We'll see you next week for the Business of the Beat podcast. And I want to leave you with one thing from our honored and esteemed guest, Nikeo. really figure out what is your purpose. So what is your purpose? And we'll see you next week. It.
0: Business of the Beat is hosted by Kendra Bracken Ferguson. Assistant producer Jenny Salk. Coordinating producer Lauren Turner. Executive producer Kendra Bracken Ferguson, edited by Fishmar Creative. Executive producers Ken Johnson, Andrew Kalb, and Omar Thompson. Find Business of the Beat podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon, radio.com, or where you get your podcast. Please follow, subscribe, and rate us. Business of the Beat is a Say It Loud Network production.